señorita Really nice to meet ya Have some tequila and say This week on Squats and Margaritas, it's Christine Michelle Carter, the number one global voice for working moms. She's a senior contributor to Forbes, the associate editor of Modern Mom, and a two-time best-selling author. She's real, she's authentic, and she's on a mission to make working moms feel confident and understood. Here is my episode with Christine Michelle Carter. Hi, Erin. How are you? I'm good. We are moving and I have an almost three-year-old and a five and a half-year-old and like nothing's getting done. And yep. they're in Montessori. So they have a summer program. And I was like, yo, you guys are going to summer. <laughs> and they oh love goodness. it. And-, and Montessori at that too. That's a hard curriculum. It is. But they're like, it's so funny you say that because we're moving to Atlanta and um, my husband wants them to stay in Montessori because they're like thriving. Like they teach mm-hmm. them life skills. Like they load the dishwasher and practical life. It's kind of different. It's very old school, which so is my husband. And it's like blocks and wood and no technology, but it's cool. Like they're, they're thriving for sure. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. good. It's me. Yeah. Well, I did your intro number one global voice for working mom, senior contributor to Forbes, two-time best-selling author. I think I told you this. This has been a long time in the making. I'm trying to get you because I know and I apologize. <laughs> no, I'm so sorry. Don't apologize. I never went away because your mom goals, your entrepreneur okay. goals, your writing goals, like there's so many aspects of everything you do that I just I need to talk to you and I'm so happy that you're here. Um, let's do it. Yeah. Let's do and, it. You have my time. I'm I know, excited. right? Yeah, <laughs> let's happening. do it. My brand, Squats and Margaritas, is all about balance. Um, I wrote a book, A Journey to Finding Balance. And a lot of the stuff that I, I see that you write about is like when balance is off and trying to get back to balance. That's my husband hard. is a retired um, football player and he retired in 2009. Mm-hmm. And our idea of what our family would look like, because I said so, and because I believe so, was that I wanted to be a mom. I would stay at home with the kids. And that was the plan. Mm-hmm. And now I have a brand and I have a book and I have a podcast and neither of us really saw that coming and it's not going over very well. So aside from the mom guilt that every mompreneur has, I also have this guilt about I'm not living up to my end of the bargain of like just being a stay at home mom and always being with the kids and getting all the household stuff done, because that is what I said. And I was offered a podcast and I took it. And so how old were you when you made that declaration that you were going to be the stay at home mom? Exactly. 24. Oh, bless your heart. Right. Right. I was so cute. And like, (laughs) I was thinking I was going to have five kids then, you know, exactly. You can't hold somebody to that. Things change. And honestly, I had no self-confidence and I dealt with like depression and multiple eating disorders, no self-worth. And I met my husband when he was like in the height of his career. So mm-hmm. I didn't have self-confidence. I was always like making sure he wasn't cheating on me. And I was not even close to the person that I am today. I've evolved and I do want more for myself than I did at 24. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's so marriage is just so hard, especially marriage at a young age. I, I the same thing. Like there were a lot of unspoken expectations with my marriage where I wanted to have five kids, but, and I thought we would have a lot of kids. We ended up having two, but he had this unspoken expectation that he was going to be the primary breadwinner and I was going to stay home. And yeah. that wasn't my expectation. Cause that's, that was never communicated. I was always in corporate America. I always expected to be. 
happy. And that unexpected, that unvoiced expectation just became such a point of contention and was like this dirt ball under the rug that just kept growing and growing. But on top of that, I was 23 when I got married and you are still a baby and you don't know what life has in store for you. And motherhood changes you so much mentally and physically. You really become a woman and really come into your own and, and, and find your own voice when you become a mom. So the 20s, it's it's still a roller coaster. You're still learning, you know, yeah. on top of the fact that what you were mentioning sounds a lot like me. And it's like this anxious attachment that you have yes. because, you know, because it's like you're very fit. You could be, you're beautiful, you know, and you're fit, but you're still very concerned that there's all, they could always be somebody else. You're concerned about his expectations. I had the same issues, wow. same issues, you know, and I'm still fighting those. So I get it. I totally get it. It's just, it's getting to the point where like, I, this is, I want to do this and I feel fulfilled doing this. And I, it's so tricky. Like, I don't want to say I'm not fulfilled being a mom of two. I mean, yeah. COVID was a little challenging having two kids at home and doing this, but I feel like this is what I'm supposed to do. And when I get a message from a woman, that's like, I have never told anyone about my bulimia and I read your book. And now I feel that people feel like they can talk to me. And I feel like I'm mentoring these women and showing them that you can come out of it. And this is not the end for you. And this is my purpose. And at 24, I didn't have a purpose except to be like on his arm. Yeah. And I have a career that he didn't see coming. And it's not like I tricked him. Like, I'm going to just like flip no. the switch and I'm going to, I didn't know this was coming. And I, I don't know if you, like, I used to do like Instagram lives, just like talking to other moms. It kind of was born out of the pandemic. Cause I was like, what the hell am I supposed to do with them every day? Like, yeah, right. Like show, we would like share best practices. And like, what are you doing? Like people would be like scavenger hunt, take them outside. So we would drink margaritas and I would talk to moms. And then I started like having guests. And then I started booking like these bigger guests. And it became like this talk show that like, moms were looking forward to every week because it was the pandemic and unbeknownst to me, um, a program director at a radio station in DC was watching every week and she, <laughs> called me. yeah. And she called me and was like, we want this to be a podcast and we'll put it on podcast one and we'll produce it for you. And I was so like elated. And it's like, they want you to feel guilty for growth. And it's, and, and a part of it, you can't blame them because who likes change, right? If they became these different people, you would feel the same way. It's like, this isn't what I signed up for. This that's isn't true. who I married, but that's a part, that's a part of marriage. And it was a point again of contention for my ex-husband and I, which is we didn't know that marriage was going to require you to um, not even necessarily fall in love, but at least tolerate and support every stage that your spouse goes through. And we weren't, we weren't ready to do that for each other. I had supported him and his as a teenager, because we knew each other as teenagers. And in his twenties, as he became a CPA and made it to the top of his profession, I even wrote his papers in college. <laughs> so like, you want to talk about by your side, I was shooting in the gym, I was by his side. Mm -hmm. And then once his depression and his demons set in, I couldn't support that anymore. And on the flip side, he couldn't support and understand the growth of my career professionally and me not focusing on him anymore. And I get it. It's so hard because 
your success has come organically because people enjoy Aaron and they want to hear Aaron. And that's not something you should be ashamed of. And it's not something you sought out. So it is. No, right. right. (laughs) It's so hard for others to understand that, especially your spouse. You know, what's funny. You you mentioned the bulimia too. I had, so my birthday was June 14th. I always go to the therapist on my birthday because I feel like it's a cleansing. Yeah. And she told me, like, we were talking about um, me trying to lose weight and like me overeating and how that's an eating disorder that I didn't even realize. And I was like, Mm -hmm. but my mom taught me, like, if you have to, you can, like, she always had this negative connotation and these negative thoughts about weight because she battled anorexia when I was a little kid. So I was like, well, my mom says, like, if you have, if you have to lose a little bit of weight, you can use laxatives and such and such. And my therapist is like, that's a form of bulimia. And I'm just like, are you kidding me? I had no idea. I just feel like we are soul sisters. (laughs) We are. And it's funny you say about therapy. I just, I I felt this, Christine. That's why I never went away. Like I saw you on (laughs) Sarah Love Style. Like um, I think you did something with her. And ever since I saw that, I was like, I want to talk to her. Um, I just started therapy for my anxiety. And I saw that you talk about that too. I never, I'm about to be 40 and I've never talked to a therapist until like a few months ago. And I've kind of been like sharing that journey and I'm figuring out that like, obviously I have anxiety and it came on when I became a mom, like it may have always like been sitting there, like kind of latent, but it came out. I have a Maya too. Um, (laughs) I had my Maya who is five and a half. I was on a plane and my husband was coaching and I've flown like a hundred, like hundreds of times. It was nothing, but I had my daughter and I just remember they shut the door and I looked at her and I feel like if I were not the only person that could have cared for her, I would have had a full blown panic attack. Like every scenario, like what if something, it wasn't even like that the plane was going to crash. It was like, if everyone stands up right now, I'm not going to be able to get her out. And I just started it and it never went away. And I have been anxious like that. And I'm finding out through therapy. My therapist is like, you have a lot on you. Like we're moving. I'm trying to do this. And I feel like my husband looks at me like, maybe you shouldn't do this if you have this, all this on you. But so, yeah, yeah, I'm finding out that like, I'm living like this because I'm constantly overwhelmed and I can't like shut my brain off because there's so many things like I'm thinking about forwarding mail and like all all these things that I know I have to do. You're constantly pivoting. You know, it's funny. Somebody described the pandemic to me and I was like, well, shit, that's what mothers deal with all the time. They were like, imagine, uh, well, they described our mental health and during the pandemic. And basically what it was, was imagine you're commuting to work and you know, that path, you know, the commute, like the back of your hand, you know, you can time it exactly. Mm-hmm. Well, the pandemic and what it's doing to our mental health is causing us to take different routes. And these routes may have construction or it might have traffic on that road. So we can't take what we normally are taking. It causes us to constantly rethink about the best way to get to work. And I was like, that's exactly what moms do with anxiety all the time. We are constantly pivoting. Basically, it's just about the pandemic causing our mental health to pivot. Yeah. But why, why I said, holy shit about the plane was I literally wrote about that for health about how that's how I realized I had anxiety. I was on a plane (laughs) and I had a panic attack. I was on the plane coming from Canada with my husband and then husband. And I was like, if this plane goes down, we, our kids are going to be orphans. And I was sitting next to a complete stranger bawling. I know he thought I was an idiot, but so I get it. I get it. Get it. You have no idea. I know. Oh my God. Like, I didn't know that similar. Like exactly. You know how, like they say, like 
if something really bothers you, it's because you kind of like think that about yourself. Yeah. When it's like, well, you, you wanted to do this. Like you have all this on your plate. And then I see my kids and especially during the pandemic, I had a two and a five-year-old here. And so I'm like sitting in my living room, they see me and I felt guilty. Like I'm working. They don't understand. I kept telling like one second, one second. And then I have him in my mind, like, are you sure you want to do this? And then he's and saying, he doesn't like, understand. Right. Yeah, but they're, they're, he's like, they're so yeah. young, but like, what am I, like, I got this opportunity and yeah. I'm not gonna be like, you know, we'll get back to me in three to five years when my kids are a little right. bit older. No, like, no, right. I took it. And because I've never had something like this, I don't want to let this WTOP down who produces my podcast and promotes it and wants it to do well. I want to give them like quality content, but I don't want to let my kids down. And it's like your whole premise of like a working mom and the guilt that you put on yourself. And I can't right. find the balance of, it sounds so stupid, like being a good podcaster, being a good, like giving them what they expect of me. I don't ever want to let them down because they gave me this opportunity. They saw something in me and being a good mom. Like right. I'm working on a blog or editing a podcast when I should, I should be like, we should be working on reading or like their letters. And I think about that before I go to bed and say, tomorrow I'm going to be more present and locked in. And then it's like, tomorrow comes and it's like, the next fire, right, the next shit show. Right. Yes. And I can't yeah. find the balance <laughs> so. because it doesn't exist. It doesn't okay. I always say that <laughs> it doesn't exist. And P.S. the two and five, that's my kids age gap too. And at <laughs> that age, yeah, at that age, right. At that age, it was, it was the critical, it was the turning point for me where I was realizing, yeah, I needed to help them develop, Yeah, but I, I could not sacrifice who I was for their development. And I've refused to, just like you, I refuse to sacrifice any part of me because guess what? They get older, they leave the house, they have their turn to develop themselves. And it's not fair for you to sacrifice your life for them. It's one thing to have them be your children. It's one thing to love them tremendously. And every mother who questions this is a good mother just by questioning it. So it's not fair to sacrifice yourself for them, first of all. Yeah. <laughs> but um, but but I come I completely I get it. I just <laughs> I just totally I totally get it. I feel bad that I'm not just fulfilled like doing their letters. Like I I who is <laughs> I feel like some moms are, I know like moms that don't No, they're not, if I were pill popping in (laughs) margaritas, right? Um, Exactly. If I woke up in the morning and I didn't have this, like something content to share, like I little bit like scary, scary mommy shares one of my articles. Like Mm -hmm. I'm on a high for that gives me, that's my like adrenaline rush. And like just putting Mm -hmm. out a blog, a new blog, I just feel like something for me. And I didn't have that. And I I need that for me. And I feel like it sounds selfish. And I did say, I just wanted to be a mom and these are formative years, but it's like my husband grew yeah. up in the South yep. African-American family, like yep. the roles, like he doesn't have shit to do. And yeah. it'll be like something at school. And I'll have like you, if I had like a big guest at 11 and it was like, parents are welcome to come to this at 11 in my mind it is breaking my heart that my daughter's going to walk out and there's nobody there for her. So I'll tell him my dad never went to school. Like dads don't go to, it's like dad roles and mom roles, but I'm like, you don't, you're not doing anything. And I have something to do. Dads don't go to school. Moms go to school. Moms do the dishes and moms 
it, it, the roles are so set and he's so old school. Now it, you're going to tell me he's from South Carolina. Not close. Alabama. Okay. I was about to say, cause that's where my ex and his family were. And it was the same crap. <laughs> I can't like, he can't evolve with like, he's so stuck in it. And yeah. like, I'm finding like, I have so much resentment <laughs> built up right. because I do everything. And I feel like I can't tell him like I'm overwhelmed because he'd be like, then don't do squats and margaritas. Like you don't need, right. he doesn't that. get it. So right. I can't say that. And I just have to make everything like work because I do want to do this. And I guess in some aspect, he's right. Like if I want to do this, then if I can make it work with all the other things, then I can do it. So I don't know. I'm like, it's a lot. And I do have the guilt of being a mompreneur. And I know that that's what you speak on a lot. And I just, I need you to help me. <laughs> oh my goodness. If I can help, I will. I'll just, I'm always just willing to be a listening ear, but I always say the one thing about even when I was married and I was married for many years. And I was like, the one thing I always say is you just don't take advice from other people Yeah, because if I'd done that, I, I would probably be still suffering in silence with an alcoholic husband. Like, and, mm -hmm. and, and, and it, it would have been too much for me, but people telling you to stick through it and all that. And then you see the media. And when we were growing up, when they portrayed therapy, it was always couples in therapy rolling their eyes and didn't want to <laughs> be there. But what they left out of that story was, you know, the idea of growing with your partner or the idea that you change. And if you really are committed and want to grow together, that's why you're in the therapy. Yeah. So it's, it's so hard because I feel like when men hear the word therapy or hear women talking about wanting to go to therapy, they get to that eye rolling and the whole, I don't want to be there kind of thing. And instead of focusing on the idea of, I want to grow with this woman and I want to learn more about who this woman has become, you know? Was he it the is. financial? No, obviously he wasn't the financial. Like what you he was. He oh. was. No, no, no. He was. He so we both contributed to the house, but when it came to like filling out paperwork and who actually was the person who handled the insurance, he did all of that. And when I left him, I left him within eight hours. Like on a Saturday, I was looking at places and took the kids. And on Wednesday, that day, we were moved in. Like I had signed an agreement and we had moved in. And from that day on, it was me who had to be in charge of the health insurance and figure out exactly what that was. And wow. um, 401ks and um, 529s for the college programs. And I remember breaking down with this woman um, in my office. And I was just like, I feel like an idiot because I make yeah. a, a lot of money, but I put my life into a man's hands. And now I need to learn how to do finances. Yeah. Okay. So you didn't handle any of the financial stuff. And even though you were making the money, you had to learn right. how to do all the things like he, I do right. all those things, but I'm not the financial provider, obviously. And I feel like goes back to, you didn't say like, he can't pivot. Like, yeah, something new. You said you want to be a stay at home mom. So that's what it is. Like, there's no changing <laughs> like, right. get past that. But, and you know, the sad thing is we've, that's exactly why so many women left the workforce last year. Right. Because a lot of them were in that same boat yeah. where they were in relationships. And I mean, let's call a spade a spade. Like the, the numbers are there, but when you think about the driving factors, yes, it was childcare, but a lot of these women were married and they were being put in situations where they were forced to leave, not necessarily because of work or the kids, but because they didn't have that support in their house. And it's sad.
I also found out like in therapy that it, obviously I'm anxious. I'm always thinking about scenarios and stuff, but I'm also hyper vigilant. And since we're the same, I was wondering if you have this too, like things always have to be happening where I feel, I think that that's the way I validate myself. Like, look at all these yeah. things I did today. If I go for a run, like either the dishwasher has to be going or the washing machine, like something else has to be complete. And then at the end of the day, I can cross it off and feel validated. And if things are not happening, like I feel like I'm wasting time and she yeah. said it's hypervigilance and that I need to let yeah. go of it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yes. Yes. I did a Forbes article about that. Like <laughs> why so many moms are battling ADHD and being diagnosed with that. So later in life, and a part of it is because we're not diagnosed as mm -hmm. um, like boys are at a young age, but it, de I am definitely the same way where it's like, I have to have so many irons in the fire. And if I actually like slow down, if I, actually take my anxiety medication, have a glass of wine and slow down, I'll yeah. realize like, holy shit, I did a lot. Like not just in this past day or week, but I've done a lot. I can just chill. Yeah. I've done more than some people have done in 35 years. Yeah. You know, than they've done in 70. So I can chill. It's and okay. it's like, who is holding you to that standard except yourself? Like that's the, the therapist is like, does your husband like come home and say, make sure the, the kitchen's clean? I was like, no, he could care less. It's right. for me. I feel yeah validated and accomplished. If I do all the things, nobody's, she's like, you're just doing that to yourself. Like there's no reason. Yeah. And I was like, I guess so. Like, I just want to feel like I completed things today. That's my worth, I guess, because I don't yeah. work and I'm home. I feel like, look at all that I did. Look at all the things I crossed off today. And I go to bed like that was an accomplished day. And if I didn't cross something off, it's like, it bothers me. Yeah. And I <laughs> I get it. And you know what? Looking back, one of the things that I should have done earlier to relieve my relieve myself of that is teach my kids a little bit more independence. Yes. So it wasn't until I was a single mom and I was forced to be like, holy shit, there's too much going on for mm -hmm. me to handle all of this at the same time. And even now, and, and especially with the pandemic, my kids know how to get their snacks, how to get lunches if necessary without using in the stove or the oven. My daughter does know how to cook on the oven because she's nine. But I saw that she makes. Yes, yes. <laughs> she loves to cook. She made French toast this morning. Oh my God. But, <laughs> yes. But had I, and I look at her brother who's six now and just how much he knew at five, like how to get himself ready in the morning. She didn't know those skills. I was doing all of that for her when she was five. First. You yeah. don't know. Yeah. It's, it's your first and you don't know, but there you should also, it's nothing wrong with teaching kids independent skills early. It really mm. isn't. And I've seen, I've seen more and more mothers talk about this and how you can give them chores at different ages. And I was just doing so many things for them thinking that they couldn't do it, but they can. Yeah. I do everything. Like I still bathe my daughter and my friend of mine was like, isn't she five? And I was like, yeah, but like, she's my yeah. first. I'm like, you don't, I don't you know. Need I've to never, do that. Maybe she can. I don't know. Yep. And then your son like makes beds. I never yep. even like thought about that. And he's this age of my daughter. So yep. why doesn't my daughter make the bed? Like, I don't yep. think to give them the, it's all on me. It's another right. thing that I have to. So yeah, it will teach them independence. It will take something off my to-do list. Right. So everybody wins. Right. Exactly. Yes. My son absolutely knows how to do his own shower in the morning. He knows how every day to brush his teeth, wash his face, take his morning and evening medicines, wow. clean up his room, all that kind of stuff. Cause there was just no way. Yeah. Um, there's something else I was going to bring up. I don't want you to be disappointing in me for not having this conversation yet, but I read for the second time, dear white mothers, I feel for your black son. Yeah. 
we have not, well, my son is two, so I don't feel bad about not having that conversation yet. Cause he just wants to talk about dinosaurs, but right. my daughter is about to be six and I have never had a conversation about racial identity with her. And I've had, um, a couple other moms that have biracial children. And they're like, mm -hmm. what? Like as soon as they bring it up. And I, I said, well, that's the thing. She has never ever like questioned her, I, her race, her identity ever said anything. Like when she plays with my sister's kids that are blonde hair and blue eyes, or she plays okay. with my nieces and nephews on my husband's side. It's like, she doesn't bless her. She doesn't see any difference. She doesn't see any, she's never asked any questions. So the way that I see it is like, She's super anxious. I have no idea why <laughs> she's super anxious. Like me. Yes. That's why. Yeah. <laughs> why would I put something else on her brain to question or worry about when it's like something that she's not even questioning or seeing right now. And I obviously want to get your opinion, but so far yeah. I've been told like, I have to because someone else will bring it up. Exactly. And that's okay. where I'm coming from with it too, which is you don't want somebody else to be the first to have a conversation with your child about yeah. anything. Yeah. Um, and her anxiety is just a mirror of yours. Cause my daughter is the same way. I am constantly telling her, be a kid. Don't be in grown people's conversations. Don't try to manage the house. Like <laughs> what is your one job? My kids both know every time. Well, it, my son is not so much of an issue, but my daughter knows the minute I say, what is your one job that she's her anxiety is taken over because her job is only to be a kid right now. Yeah. But um, we've had those conversations and it, and it could be maybe because, um, you know, because I have kid the, my kids in public school and they're surrounded by different races mm -hmm. and ages and it looks like an 80s Benetton ad in that school that my kids are <laughs> That's definitely awesome. yeah they're definitely more interested in talking about race but when she was five um I, I wrote another article for HuffPost about can you make a black girl feel beautiful because she was in swim class and was getting frustrated because her hair didn't look like Elsa's after she got out the water you know yeah. she had a she had a curly fro and that bothered her and we had to have a talk a conversation about race when she was five then and the conversation has just never stopped but that's the thing is like you really don't want somebody else to be the first and then god forbid somebody else say it to her in a negative or like a kind of punishing way for who she is that's, or that's like even worse ask it like what are you i don't feel like she i don't know how she could even feel that question like i yeah. think she'd be like what do you mean like yeah. she she doesn't a girl <laughs> right yeah like yeah she knows that like i it's, I just don't want to put something else on her, but yes, right. that would break my heart. If somebody, I didn't prepare her to answer that question. Right. But I, and it's I not like you have to teach her. her about Jim Crow laws, but you can, just, <laughs> you, know, you don't have to go that far, but okay. you can, yeah. And you I do know it'll be a different conversation with my son. Um, and like what it's just everything that's going on in the world and how a black man will be seen. I, like oh, that's God, a whole difference, but yeah. he's two. And my daughter and I have not even had the racial identity conversation. And I'll ask my husband, he's like, well, you know, she brings it up. And I was like, she does. It's like, she doesn't even, she doesn't see it. Like she doesn't, I don't know. And I'll ask her, like, we're getting a bath. And I was like, um, cause her skin is like the color of mine. And I was like, what color is daddy's skin? And she's like, black, what color is daddy's hair? Black. And I was like, black, like yours. And your skin is like mine. And you're, you're kind of like mommy and dad. Like, yeah. 
it's, I don't know. I don't know what is the right way to explain it to her, but I feel like if somebody was like, what are you? She would be so caught off guard and like, what do you even, she doesn't see, she just like, she thinks everybody looks different and there's not, I God love her. Like that, that she yeah. sees that. Um, but I do need to have like, I don't know. It's just like sitting her down and making her stress or even just have one other thing on her mind yeah. when she's so anxious already. I feel like I don't want to do that to her, but I know that it's not the right answer. Like that's not what I should do. Yeah. So. It's, and, and I think it's because you're coming in with just so much more information, especially the net you're coming in with the history of African-American culture and she doesn't have that. And you're coming in with the civil unrest and racial injustice. She doesn't have any of that. You know, mm-hmm. you have to think about that. So that's beautiful. You know, know. she, she doesn't, the fact that she doesn't have any of that is beautiful and you can, this is a clean slate for her. So it's not necessarily about teaching her about how hard it was for her father and her father's side of the family in America. It's more so about helping her to understand how to celebrate who she is. And that's both sides of her. Yeah. You know, she gets to be both like, Right. Just celebrating that you don't have you're you're both like, how cool is that? Right. Like I'm pumping myself up to like give this speech to her. Um, Yeah. Just think of the positives like she gets (laughs) to celebrate tolerance. She gets to to celebrate diversity like she's not alone. Her generation, she's generation alpha. That's the most diverse generation to date. So there's there's so much positivity in it and in being biracial. Like you said, the the cultures that you get to experience, the inclusivity, it's beautiful. It's what so much of our nation is striving towards. And she has it. So she's lucky. So, yeah, just like it's bringing up this how lucky she is and like enlightening her on something positive, not giving her something else to stress about. Exactly. I I don't want her to be like think that she's different. Like, I don't want to point out she has not seen a difference, like playing with cousins on either side of the family. So to be like, you know, you realize like, why would I make her feel like she's not like, I don't know. You know what I mean? Like she's because you're coming in it. Like she's different in a negative way. Whereas I'm saying how lucky is she to inherently be able to access and tap into all these different cultures? Like how awesome is it that she can play with her cousins who are Irish or Polish or whatever, what have you. And then also have this whole side that might be Jamaican or Trinidadian or, you know, from the South, like that's so cool. Like you have to just, you have to keep it positive. (laughs) for her because then she'll go to school and be like you guys guess what i'm black and i'm white and i have this going on and that going on then she'll really be excited about it it's so funny i had a um my friend of mine is like a newscaster here and she did my show she's black and her husband's white and she's like we had the conversation when she was like five and she's like you're black and white and she's like i am and she's like we were dying like she was so excited about it and they went to school and her teacher was playing um I spy. And she was like, I spy something black. Like (laughs) my daughter was like me. (laughs) And she was like, yes, you are. Like she was, she, she pulled my friend over and was like, um, I have to tell you, like, she was like so excited. And she's like, yeah, we just had the talk. Um, she's getting it. Like she was so just, she was like, we're like stressing this conversation. And she's like, this is amazing. (laughs) Right. Right. It's always us. It's never them. Exactly. Think about that. Yeah. Um, I'm looking at the time I have like, I'm usually like 10 more minutes for uh, an episode as you're a marketing consultant. I have to get into like this whole social media algorithm 
selling out to the algorithm, which I've not yet done, but I see other people benefiting from what they have figured out. And it makes me nuts. Like why doesn't Instagram celebrate like fire content and why making the same TikTok every day and in a bathing suit or just with like made up makes you like get hundred thousand more followers. And I just sit here working so much hard on my content and I just right. stay where I'm at. <laughs> I know it. Oh my God. You want to talk about something that pisses me off. I'm yes. in so many mom groups, um, especially like uh, working mom groups. And we were talking about this because, and I talk about this with my team, right? Because I, you know, I started on Instagram way back in the day. And sometimes I would post um, something that was written and, and I would sometimes post photos. And then over time, we just started to see if I posted words, they would perform better. And then yep. it got to the point where it was like, oh, just post screenshots of tweets. And I fought that for so long. And I was like, I am a writer. I have things to say. Yes. I can show you. I'm a content creator. I can show you images yes. and write beautiful captions. And my team would just be like, we got to just do a screenshot of a tweet. And I broke down and sure enough, my engagement went up. But also what kills me is how I started so far back in the day. And my colleagues who did too, their um, follower numbers are like two or three times the amount of mine. And I cannot understand for the life of me why until I dig into their posts. And then I see that it's a bunch of bots. That are like liking their stuff. Exactly. But I mean, that is uh, Instagram at the end of the day is a business. And that's really what it's about is people are buying followers and they're trying to um, crack that algorithm. But the way I've heard things like the algorithm literally um, is interested in a certain type of um, person and a certain type of way they look in a photo, like it can be that specific. So it's wild. You can't you can't fight that. And the moral of the story there is just why it's so important to build your own community if you are in marketing or if you have a brand, because that community, you can email as much as you want. You can um, craft your own message. You can have a blog and ask people to contribute to it and really craft your own brand. And and that's where I just I just decided to move to that versus focusing on numbers. Yeah. Yeah. Because when I looked at it at the end of the day, most of my traffic for my website, which is all we're ultimately trying to do, was organic or search. It wasn't coming from social. It was like 15% of my traffic was coming from social, even though I had those big numbers. So, wow. Okay. That's interesting. I only think about Instagram because that's the only place that I have a following. And it's interesting. We said it's a business because if my business was selling hot dogs, like I would want it to grow and like be selling hot dogs. Like I, you want to see, yes, I'm doing it for a purpose. And I want to empower women to find their best self at any age and get through like depression, eating disorders. And I do find purpose and just empowerment in that. When somebody reaches out to me that I like that my book resonated with, that does matter to me, but because it is my business, of course you want to see your business grow and mine, like bots and all that wouldn't really help me because bots don't buy books. Bots don't subscribe to podcasts. Like I, I need, I don't, I just want to, to be able, it, it's like, I feel like I spend so much time on content that nobody sees. And if yeah. they would see it, if I could just get it to where Instagram would like push it out more, yeah. I could talk to that mom that lost herself. And that feels like it's too late to get in shape or get her life back or an anxious mom like me, but they don't see it. 
And I feel like the people that have figured out the algorithm that are growing exponentially, as soon as I log into Instagram, they're my first, they're always on my feet. Right. And it's like, what do they know that I'm missing? And yeah. some of them is great content, but like, how is theirs getting? And you said like the Instagram looks for like a specific look. And now that you say that, like, I'm thinking they all their accounts do pretty much look the same. And it's, I just don't go to like, like the, I'm a writer too, not to, on your level, obviously, but like, no, I work you can on be a, a right. This is about reaching your level. Not yes, <laughs> I, mean, I got some scary mommy publishes. That was very exciting, yeah. but I work on the content. And then I'm like, do people even, cause I don't always read the whole, like I'll work on this like four paragraph blog and are people just looking at the picture like, or scroll and is it even about the content? Because Instagram is like the picture first. And I'm just like trying to figure out. And it's so frustrating. <laughs> it is so frustrating. And what I will say is all you're doing is reinforcing the need for you to build your own community on your website and strengthen your email newsletter. Yeah. And then also, like you said, with Scary Mommy, it is so important to become a thought leader now and write for other people's blogs and and um, get press mentions because social media is just not where it's at. Even with Face, even with Apple changing their, um, I don't know if you do any advertising, but I've done advertising before mm -hmm. and I've done it for years with my books. And all of a sudden, Facebook has blocked my account on running the same ads that I always have because they're constantly changing their algorithms. Yeah, my friends who are our social media managers are like, it's a nightmare for us, especially for our clients, because we can't explain to them why Facebook is changing its algorithm so much. And then on top of Apple and the iOS 14 update, that's causing even more problems from a Facebook advertising perspective. So it's just all a mess. And that the more at the end of the day, most of your followers, when you gain them, will be because you were on something like a scary mommy or, you know, for or you have a you've built a strong online community on your own site. And then there's always the the moms who have the the pods that they do of sharing each other's accounts and social media. Too. Yeah. And, and that to me is just I don't I don't understand that those women do quite well. Yes. Um, but yes. but I don't understand it. That's what's <laughs> so funny. Christine, I just started to realize that I was like, I follow like the same mom accounts and it will be like four different accounts that I follow all shared the same other person yeah. on the same day. And I'm like, I, I honestly asked one of them. I was like, does she pay for a shout out on all these? Like four different mom accounts are all featuring this person today. Right. And it's like, they all got together, but she's like, no, we just support each other. And I'm like, this just feel like, so, yeah. I don't know. I, I just wish it's so disappointing that just like fire content is not celebrated. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, how is it different from any other industry? Fire music is not celebrated. True. <laughs> I mean, very it's about yeah. who can ever put out the quickest hit, like Beyonce it said, is. who can churn it and burn it, churn yes. it and burn it. So right. it's it's the attention it's no span in the society that we live in. You no, know? but you're helping me. I'm going to focus more on like alternate. Like, I don't really put that much into my blog and like oh, writing for other outlets because it's all about Instagram. It's always like my Instagram because that's where I have a following. Like my Facebook no. page doesn't have a following or my but my blog, I should be working more, but I'll Absolutely. share my, I, I just write a blog on squatsandmargaritas.com so I can share it on Instagram. Like that's the purpose. And I need to focus more back on the blog. Absolutely. Okay. And you know, what's weird. I discovered that the hard way, because I spent so many years building up my website from a mm -hmm. brand perspective, but then realized again, through, that social media was, was fading out and that wasn't the way to go. So 
there are a lot of people with personal brands who start off with a blog and then become thought leaders. Mine was reversed. So as I was building my team, I was like, listen, you guys, PR and all that, we don't need to focus on. We are literally going back to the basics and we're getting fire contributors and we're writing about things that working moms want to hear. We have to build the blog. So that's what my team is focused on um, this year. It's all about making sure we're elevating the voices of other women. Well, if you want to, of course, <laughs> please. I would love right. it. I would have sent you my book too. Please. Let's talk about your books too, because I want to make sure people. So, can mommy go to work? Is a children's book. Yes. But a mom would also see themselves in, and I think it's so sweet that you use elephants so that every child in, of any race can see themselves in that yes. character. That's so like Thank so you. thoughtful. Yeah. Yes, I did, and I use elephants because they're the most maternal animals. Evidently, on the planet. So, I mean, who else would be perfect for the story (laughs) than elephants, right? And then your other book, Mom AF. Yes. (laughs) Title goals. Yes. Yes. My anywhere. I'm sure you're everywhere. I self-publish, so I'm just on Amazon. (laughs) Well, mine is. Well, I um I published through a publisher, but I think their process was still like independent publishing. So it's on it's on Barnes and Noble, Walmart, Target, um, and Amazon. Amazing. Um, I think in apple maybe but um but i you know i what i love about that book is it just allows me to meet so many women who are so similar and and really get it you know when i was writing that i felt so alone because you're just writing down all of your thoughts and no one is hearing them until it's out and released to the world so it was it's just always so nice to hear other women say that they enjoyed the book totally or to find that community you're not alone Um, what is next for you what's coming up Oh gosh. What's nothing, not coming up? <laughs> right, right. Um, nothing that I can share just ah. yet. I know. <laughs> I know. Everything is still confidential, so I can't share it, but I am always thinking about more books. And I am gonna write a sequel to Mom AF, which is gonna be about dating as a single mom. Oh, um, um, and all of the high, yeah, and all of the hijinks that come with that while you're trying to be a single working mom, but everything else is under wraps. All right. Um, where can people find you? Uh, Christine Michelle Carter dot com and Twitter and Instagram is C Michelle Carter and Facebook and LinkedIn is Christine Michelle Carter and Forbes and everywhere. And for- <laughs> right. 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 Modern yes. mom. I'm so glad that this finally happened. I genuinely enjoyed this episode and I please don't go away. Like stay connected to me. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I hate when I like interview someone and then it's like, okay, bye. Like, no, absolutely. We're going to have this up on my website too. Like I said, oh, I want you to, thank you. I want you to be a contributor and you can contribute anytime you want on any topic you want. And we share it on our social channels. So, Oh, I would love to do that. I'm so glad we connected. Thank you so much for listening to the squats and margaritas podcast. If you haven't subscribed, please, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts so you never miss an episode and i'll see you next week for a brand new episode of squats and margaritas To be your best every day, you need proven quality sleep every night. Science proves your best sleep is vital to your mental, emotional, and physical health. And that's where the sleep number bed comes in. And let me tell you, 
ever since I've had it, my Sleep IQ score is just going higher and higher. And did you know 8 out of 10 couples say that one of them sleeps too hot or too cold? Science tells us regulating your sleep temperature leads to higher quality sleep. For many couples, temperature struggles are a real challenge. So here are some tips to help you both sleep just right. Look for beds designed with temperature benefits such as the new Sleep Number Climate 360 smart bed that actively warms and cools each side so you both sleep blissfully comfortable. And now save 40% on the Sleep Number 360 special edition smart bed. Plus special financing for a limited time. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com slash podcast one. Sleep Number, the official sleep and wellness partner of the National Football League. Subject to credit approval, minimum monthly payments required. See sleepnumber.com for details.